Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ian Furness Show is presented by Snoqualmie Casino. Fourth and goal at the one. Atwell in motion. The picks. Akers in. Touchdown. Text us at 49451 and hit the talkback mic on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, that was a really frustrating start for us. Um, I look at um, a little bit of uh, you know, misjudgment on my part that, you know, that we would be able to do things we've been doing and we'd be able to play a good football game, and it didn't work out that way. This is the new Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. There you go, Pete Carroll. Uh, I'll tell you what, outcoached. Outplayed, out executed, out everything yesterday in the opener for the Seahawks. We'll get to that in a little bit. An abysmal road trip for the Mariners. That's coming up. Elation for one college football program with a win over a top 20 opponent at home. The other one, the Huskies had a relatively easy time and they kind of, in a horrible manner, got some good news for their game this week because the head coach won't be there for their opponent. Man, there's a lot going on in sports. Oh, by the way, Monday Night Football tonight right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Let's get to it. Headlines. Here we go. Now, from the Star Reynolds Sports Desk, your 93.3 KJRFM sports headlines. Brought to you by VenueKings, VenueKings.com. All right, Mariners back in action tonight. Uh, they open a three-game series against the Angels. Logan Gilbert's on the mound. They went 3-7 and seven on the road trip. More on that in just a couple of moments with the Mollywap boys. Seahawks, as you well know by now, lost yesterday to the Rams. They were, frankly, barely ever in it. They had a chance to take a nine-point lead, but it never felt good because Matthew Stafford and the Rams' offense having its way with the defense. We'll break it all down hardcore style with Hugh Millen coming up at 130 and 145 today. Um, Monday Night Football tonight. Bills and Jets, 515 kickoff right here on your home for the NFL. 93.3 KJRFM, Westwood 1. Kevin Harlan on the call after Softy and Fain finish things up this afternoon. And uh, Mel Tucker has been suspended without pay. He is the head football coach at Michigan State. Why does that matter? Well, Michigan State will be playing the Huskies this weekend. That game, of course, would be in East Lansing, Michigan. That that school, that, man, they've got some issues. They have got some issues. Uh, anyway, I don't even get the ugly details. You can look it up. He's just not a good dude. Uh, we've known that for a while. Washington, by the way, ranked number eight in the AP and coaches poll rankings this week. There are eight teams in the Associated Press Top 25 from the Conference Washington State coming in at number 23. Let's get into the show. Here we go on a Monday, Monday, Monday. It's Monday, then that means one thing. Oops, we'll, get the one, we'll, hey, we'll get to the Molly Wap guys in just a second. Sorry, that's my fault, Mitch. We'll get to those guys in just a couple of seconds. We've got a few minutes, I think, here uh, before we get to them. Let me set the show up again. Because we got a lot of moving parts. I got Mitch just going crazy and they're running around. We've got the Molly Wap guys coming up in about five or six minutes. We've got hardcore football at 130 and 145, two segments. Now, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very transparent with you guys with hardcore football. We're doing it different this year. We, we taped Hugh because hardcore football is not something that can be contained in a, to do it right, in a five or six or seven or eight minute segment. So we've got two 
big chunks of hardcore football to play at 130-145. But we will encourage you to go to the website later on this afternoon when we're done or the iHeartRadio app and download all 35 or so minutes of hardcore football uninterrupted without any commercials where we completely break it down. So we'll give you a little appetizer of hardcore football every week. We'll get, and, and trust me, we're going to get you some nuts and bolts. We're not just going to give you like a sound bite and a tease. Well, it'll be segments. But we taped it with Hughes so we can, the entirety, because I think all, all, since I've been doing this with him and I started doing it with him in 2008, I believe it was, uh, ever since then, doing hardcore with Hugh, it's been hard because what we just get cut off. You have to, it's, it's radio, it's commercial radio, terrestrial radio, as I call it. You got to take commercials. It's just the way it is. And you got to take breaks at a certain time. And I would be get we'd be knee deep into something, and then boom, we'd have to cut them off. And I hated doing that. So we're those of you that love hardcore football, and I know there's a lot of you that do. We're going to give you a full hardcore football every week on the pod. Uh, and we've come to find out in the world that we live in now, a lot of you guys are listening right now as I speak to you live. There's other guys listening that uh, that are not that are listening on the podcast anyway, downloading it. So that we'll do that later on. Um, we'll get to that as well. I didn't mention this in the headlines. I will, though. Uh, according to John Canzano, who joins Puck and Jim every Tuesday at 11, uh, Whitman County Judge Gary Leiby, Leiby uh, has grant, granted the temporary restraining order on behalf of Oregon State and Washington State in their case versus the Pac-12 and George Klyovkov. What does that mean? Simply put, that right now no other votes can take place in the conference um, outside of the two remaining members would be Washington State and Oregon State. It's a win for them. They try to control the assets left in the conference. It's the first, probably the first step in the process, but it's a big step along the way. So we'll see how that turns out. That's the court stuff. Uh, off on the field, on the field, Washington crushes Tulsa. We expected that to happen. Uh, Softy can break that down for you if he needs to at uh, three o'clock today. I know Kalen DeBoer was on the morning show today. Uh, Wazoo in a game that. Frankly, I didn't think had huge, bigger picture implications. And then the way it transpired on national TV, the enormity of it, Jake Dickert afterwards jumping on the mic and on with Quinn Kessenich saying, you know, we belong in a power five. I don't know if it does a bit of good, but it's certainly the optics were pretty good, pretty amazing compared to where we've been with that program. Uh, we'll get more into those guys tomorrow when we have Alex and, and MK on as well. Uh, before we get to baseball, just a quick, quick thought on the Seahawks. Uh, I've been covering this team with Pete Carroll since day one when he got here. Uh, every home game and almost every road game I've been to, uh, heading to Detroit this week. And I, this is why it's good to have Hugh on later. My eyes probably saw the same thing that all of your eyes saw. And that was a team that looked just beaten in every facet of the game offensively. Ken Walker had a strong first half, but then they got behind and they got away from using him. Uh, but offensively, Geno Smith, I, I don't know if a, I don't know if he could look worse. I mean, and we've seen bad quarterbacks roll through here, not for Seattle necessarily in the last decade and a half, because they've had, you know, Russ and Geno had a great year last year. I mean, no, it, it was abysmal quarterback play. Um, offensive execution was just, I mean, I, I, I just can't remember them looking at I mean, Tyler Lockett had two catches for 10 yards. I, he got dinged up, you know, mid to late third quarter, I guess it was. So that's not like, don't I don't want to hear the excuses of, oh, Lockett got banged up or the two, ta the two tackles played a combined 75% and 69% of the offensive snaps. Cross and Lucas did. Okay. 
their issues started well before Forsyth and Curran came on, came in. They started well before Tyler had to go get checked out in the blue tent. They were awful offensively. And I thought that would be a, I thought a worst case scenario, I thought this would be a, and it's one game. I know it's all, but we only have one game to judge them on. That one game could not have been worse. Could not have been worse offensively. And defensively, I don't know what to say outside of I, I no pass rush, no pressure. I guess in a sense in the 40 rush attempts, they averaged less than four yards of carry. Maybe they did to get better against the run. Didn't matter. I mean, Stafford picked him apart with the passing game, whether it was deep throws, crossing routes, short throws. It didn't matter. Everything he did worked. Uh, Myers misses a crucial field goal that could have put him up by nine. Was that a turning point in the game? I don't think so. I, I would hope not for God's sakes, but you know, you hadn't, you couldn't get off the field. At one point, they were eight for ten on third downs. Uh, Seattle converted two third downs all game. Just not ready to go. And if Sean McVay is that brilliant and that good of a coach, then you got bigger problems because you play him twice a year. Hell, he might win the Super Bowl with that weird, you know, traveling band of who's who. I, I don't know who those guys were. Just a bad game. Just a bad, bad football game and a rough way to start the season. Now, here's the good news for the Seahawks. Oftentimes, they have a game like that. And you go, and this is under Pete Carroll, and you're like, okay, the end of the world is here. It's the first game, but yeah, it's the end of the world. They're not going to be very good. And then what happens? They go out, and they surprise everybody the next game. Well, they've got a hell of a test because Detroit's coming off a huge win. Place is going to be nuts at Ford Field. So what a hell of an opportunity to go and, and write yourself and show that you are who you thought you were, and that was a pretty good football team because yesterday's team looked like one of the worst in the NFL, one of the worst performances. If it wasn't for the Giants, it would have been the worst performance. Okay, we'll get to that with hardcore football in a second. Mariners go 3-7 and seven on the road trip. Let's get to it, hardcore time, or mollywop time. It's Monday, and that means one thing. It's time to mollywop. Munoz, he's ready. A big 2-2 pitch to Harold Ramirez. Game on the line, the pitch. Finger missing Adam! Mariners win it 1-0, and they pick up a half game on Idle Houston. Uncensored, unscripted, and filled with the passion that all Mariners fans can relate to. 3-2 pitch from Fairbanks to J.P. Crawford. Ay 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 strike three ball. Game over. And the Rays rally to win it 7-4. to four. And brought to you by the company that's all about Seattle sports. Simply Seattle. Visit simplyseattle.com for the best Mariners gear. To Wakefield. Hit pretty well. Taylor. Oh, my goodness. Two-run homer. A walk-off. Two-run homer. 7-5 Tampa Bay. That is the ninth walk-off win for the Rays. The ninth walk-off loss for the Mariners. Brother. Now with the Mollywop boys, Nathan Bishop from Dome in Bedlam and Chris Crawford with my OY. 0-2 to Julio. Pete Fairbanks just blows him away in the ninth. Rays take series three games to one they take the season series four to three a very disappointing road trip for the Mariners they go three and seven here's Ian Furness all right with that here we go a little Molly Watt Monday yes we cannot forget the baseball team we need to pick things up after a little conversation about the Seahawks that was depressing so yeah let's uh let's jump into a Molly Watt Monday because it should be a lot better uh Nathan Bishop Chris Crawford are here oh wait a second uh 
Chris Crawford. Let me see what his. We're doing this on a Zoom, so I can let people know that sometimes the audio sounds different. We're doing this on a Zoom, so we can see each other. Uh, I see Nathan as a name tag. I say mm-hmm. Ian Furness as a name tag. Draft Caleb Williams or trade down Thread Starter. Okay, uh, that's <laughs> we're going there already. Are we, Chris? Well, I mean, you could trade down for Michael Penix, but the last time the Seahawks took a lefty from Washington, it didn't work out very well. It did not work out well at all. Okay, <laughs> uh, except for that guy's contract. Okay, let's do this. Let's uh, let's jump into opening statements. Wow, uh, three and seven road trip. Not what we expected. Not at all what we expected. Nathan Bishop, I'll let you kick things off. Sure. I was just thinking this morning, you guys, about how, like, I think it was late June, early July. We talked a lot. I don't think we ever gave up on this team. Chris, I know you did not. Um, but I think as a show, we should be committed for not giving up on this team. But what we did say in late June, early July was that this team needed to basically be perfect the rest of the way. They had used up all of their margin for error. And to their credit, through all of July and August, they were basically perfect. They just set the franchise record for wins any single month in August. And it shows how important that was to do because all it has taken is one bad road trip with a ridiculous travel schedule against some quality opponents where they go three and seven, which isn't even a disaster. That's not even a, I mean, one and nine, two and eight. That's a disastrous road trip. It was a bad road trip. That's all it took. And now we're right here in cheek clenching time all over again. So that's just goes to show like they really did use all of their slack up through the first half of this season. And now, I mean, the big thing for me to watch now, and I, I kind of mentioned this last week is this roster as constructed right now, the second feels like it could, if it gets into the playoffs, the Mariners could very much win the American League and get to the World Series. This roster, if you shorten down, if you winnow down this roster to the best parts of it, which is kind of what the postseason does with shorter schedules and shorter rotations, the talent on this roster is good enough to beat anybody. But right now, the day-to-day slog of a 162-game schedule is showing all of the weak half the stuff we've been talking about for years with this roster. This is There's just not enough depth. I am catatonic that this team has seen the short depth in their rotation coming for months. The Brian Wu and Bryce Miller situation is not a new one. It could have been seen coming for months, and they have done nothing to fix it. And now they are up against it, and they've burned through their their bullpen arms to try to cover it. So it is going to – they have to win this series against the Angels. I mean, we've been saying that a lot. They cannot lose this series right now. They have to win tonight. Logan Gilbert pitching – with Bryce Wu on the hill tomorrow for what? Two, three innings, maybe? So it's it's extremely intense right now. Chris, I'll you pick it up from there. Yeah, I mean, I'll be Mr. Optimism here in the fact that here's the greatest thing. They played so darn well in August that this swoon didn't kill them. They played so dang well since the 50 and 50 mark that they are still right in this thing. And look, We knew regression was happening. You win 80% of your games over 30, you're going to lose 7 out of 10. It's going to happen. It's not a big deal to lose 2 of 3 of the Mets. It's not a big deal to lose 2 of 3 to the Reds. It's not a big deal to lose 3 of 4 to the Tampa Bay Rays on the road. It's a big deal when it happens all in a row at this time, though, and that's what's frustrating. It's frustrating that they're not playing well. It's frustrating that the warts. I mean, this is a team that doesn't get blindsided. The, when you see the things that are wrong with the Mariners, it's a head-on flipping collision. It is very <laughs> readily apparent what is wrong with the Seattle Mariners. 
But the good news is they still have everything to play for. They've got games against the lowly Angels. They got teams that get games against the lowly Athletics. They have games against a Rangers team that is falling apart. They still control their own destiny, even yeah. with all the crap that we just dealt with. And Lord, was it crap over that week and a half. They still have everything to play for. I'm Mr. Optimist. Dick Fane, give me a call. Uh, yeah, he's on the he's on line one. Uh, Chris, let me go back to what Nate said, and, and, and I'll let you pick that up. Because uh, it was a tweet that that or an X or whatever we call it these days um, that that did get a lot of play, uh, and and I think he he was bang on. They're built for the postseason. They're not built for this stretch drive of the regular season. It's almost like a car leaking oil, uh, mm-hmm. trying to get to the pits here, trying to finish those last two laps. But if they can get in there and get the new tires and get some gas, they're good to go. But it, it how concerned are you about the lack of pitching depth down the stretch? Oh, very concerned. And I am concerned with how the pitching has been used. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. Worst week I've seen Scott Service manage, and it isn't even close. The decision-making was absolutely baffling. I talked about it on MyOY quite a bit. So not only do you have an issue of not having the right names, I have an issue with how they've used the right names over that series. It seemed like Scott Service was doing just that, like saving his gas for this final road trip. And if you end up not making the playoffs over these final two because you didn't want to use your high-leverage relievers in massive games against the Tampa Bay Rays last week, I'm going to talk about it a lot. I'm going to remember it forever. I'm not going to do the you can only win a game in a fourth quarter thing. You, you, you're you playing in the fourth quarter right now, and you decided not to use those guys. You decided to leave Luke freaking Weaver in for a game at the end of it. It just, it just was bad managing. It was bad decision-making. It was bad roster construction, too. But, yeah, absolutely. Once this team gets in, we talked about it ad nauseum at the beginning of the season. They're as good of a postseason built roster as I think there is because of the big three that you have in the starting rotation. But you got to get there, and I think the management decisions over the last week made things more difficult. You guys didn't enjoy Dominic Leone's performances over oh, the last few days? That hasn't, that hasn't got you excited? Okay. Um, somewhere Luis Torrance is going, see? You know, it's not a, <laughs> <laughs> I'll look pretty good. Uh Jared Kelnick uh, getting called back up. It looks like uh, Kelnick should be uh, – Nate, what can we expect from him? Gosh, what a great question. Um, I, I think that talent-wise, he's one of their three best outfielders right now. I think that um, – gosh, you're going to see better defense. Uh, it's going to be kind of the better parts of Dominic Canzone and Cade Marlowe kind of put together, I think, is what you're going for there. You're looking to approximate the kind of production you've gotten out of Canzone with the bat – with a little bit less adventure whenever there's a ball hit in the air anywhere near him where Kent Zone just kind of runs around in circles and sticks his glove up and it sometimes falls in there. Um, Cade Marlowe has really come back to earth. So I think you're just looking forward to that. What we have saw from Kellenic in April is not what you're going to get more than likely. I think what you want to see is that stable, really well-rounded skill set where this guy can go play league average to above in a corner outfield defense and provide you with that 110, 115, 120 WRC plus. But man, at this point, with the sample size this small, you're just trying to get as much talent on the field as you possibly can. And Kellenic makes this roster a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah, Chris, it's, it, I mean, getting him certainly doesn't hurt. That sh- it should be at least some sort of boost, right? Yeah, absolutely. My only concern is whether or not you're going to see him try to do a little too much coming back, because I think sure. that's the one thing that Kellenic has struggled with sometimes is just trying to do a little bit too much and not necessarily handing, handling failure very well. I think we can say that's been an issue for Kelnick over his career, so we'll see how that goes. But certainly in terms of talent, 
having Jared Kelnick back is a big, big boost. The, the, you know, the, the, the nice bonus, it's a Molly Wap uh, Monday brought to you by Simply Seattle, simplyseattle.com, Molly Wap 15 at checkout. Uh, one of the things, Chris, I'll start with you, that's, that is kind of interesting and nice to see. Listen, the division is what you wanted, and the division mm-hmm. is what you need, and it's not like it's out of the question to get there. Uh, it's weird. Boy, it's just here we are in September. Look who's on top again. It's just crazy, <laughs> isn't it? It's like death taxes, uh, yeah. a bad, uh, a bad pass rush, uh, here in Seattle and, uh, and <clears throat> Houston Astros sitting atop the AL West. That's what we have. Um, uh, but as we sit here right now, wild card three is still probably better than wild card two, right? And, and now you got Texas and Toronto playing a series starting tonight as well. So there is some scoreboard watching. And I, oh, yeah. I guess the, 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 the best case scenario is if you don't win the division is to finish third in the wild card still. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's a weird situation where you don't want to... Hey, you looked at... The Mariners, I think, didn't look like that much worse of a team against Tampa Bay, but you saw how hard it is to go win in Tampa Bay. Like, you see that they have the perfect platoon situations. The Mariners desperately want to be the Tampa Bay Rays because they want to have that platoon situation. And they also don't want to spend a lot of money and be good. That's another thing I think that they have in common with the Tampa Bay Rays. But yeah, I think it's an interesting situation. Minnesota is not terrible. This is not like a the 78 and 84 division winner or anything like that but it is more friendly to go play there and also i think i'd rather go play the orioles if you win that series than i'd rather go play the astros afterwards and because baseball doesn't do reseeding assuming baltimore is that number one seed i'd rather go play that series as well baseball you got to fix this the there should not be an advantage for being worse and being the wild card three all right, uh, let's wrap it up with this, fellas, uh, on a short edition. You got the Angels, and then you got the Dodgers. Uh, a must-win series, and I guess, Nate, in a sense, maybe a barometer series, right? <laughs> you know, just, yeah. it's kind of an interesting, you know, I don't even know. if the Is this basically Salt Lake playing for the uh, Angels this week? Is this their affiliate? Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking – Absolute free fall. Yeah. Oh. And not only that, like I just said, you've got, I, I mean, right now with George Kirby scuffling the way that he has been the last month or so, you've got your two best starters by quite a bit going in this series against a terrible Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, whatever they're called these days, uh, and Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo. So you cannot not win this series is coming up. And then the Dodgers are, in my opinion, the Dodgers, even with the Astros winning more World Series in the past decade, the Dodgers are the standard bearer for excellence in Major League Baseball over the past decade. They do absolutely everything uh, well, uh, except for stay away from guys who get uh, into really bad situations off the field. Um, But they are uh, just the quintessential. They win 100 games every single season. They, I think they won 111 or something like that and underperformed their Pythag record. So, um, And Mookie Betts is kind of who you at this point hope that julio rodriguez can be and or and i mean they're right there they're two of the five best position players in baseball right now so it's a really marquee matchup but got to survive that one they have to go at least three and three this week you guys nothing uh worse than that is acceptable chris yeah i think you got to go four and two and and partially because i'm not settling for the wild card i i they're just too much it's at stake for me. I, I I'll be okay if they get the wild final wild card spot. Don't get me wrong. I will at the end of the day after missing the playoffs for a child who can drink now. 
I'm okay if they just get that wild card. But I want that division. You got to go four and two to win that division. It's kind of a nice time to be playing the Dodgers in terms of the fact that their pitching is a little bit of a mess right now. And the offense is actually, I think, playing pretty darn well right now. The pitching has been a disaster for Seattle for that 10-game series. But I think the offense is going a little bit. Um, so it is a decent time to play the Dodgers if there is anything. But I think you have to go four and two. And you really should be sweeping the Angels. They stink. All right. Uh Chris, where can we find Mile Y and everything else you're doing these days? Mile Y is on YouTube, uh, recapping every single Seattle Mariner game and doing a bunch more. Uh, Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Sports Sometimes Podcast, and please check out the Sportstopia Fantasy Fire and Ice pod Podcast. Uh, joining a bunch of my people from Roto World, where I used to work, and having an absolute blast. I really would appreciate you guys checking that out. Mile Y after every game, YouTube. Go check it out. Go subscribe. Hit the old subscribe button for Chris. Uh, all right, what do you got, uh, Nate? Yep, you can find me on Twitter or X or whatever it is at Nathan underscore H underscore B. I'm primarily just retweeting my OY videos at this point, but uh, <laughs> also I'll be providing commentary on the Mariners down the stretch. If I write or record anything, you can find it at domeinbedlam.com. Big thanks to Molly Wap uh, Monday uh, sponsor, Simply Seattle, simplyseattle.com. We got to, well, we go from this to uh, back to some NFL football, maybe some college to mix in to make it better, a little bit better as well and more palpable. Uh, we'll get to all of that coming up on a Monday edition of the show on 93.3 KJRFM. Back for another year, hardcore football, away we go. I'm excited about this, and it's a little bit new this year. I'm going to make this a very brief explanation because I don't want to waste any time. But what we're going to do this year with hardcore football, because we get deep, and and listen, if you're listening to hardcore football, you want the answers, you want to understand, you want to be able to visualize things. And the, the magic of radio is we have to take commercial breaks, and we get cut off. And we're, sometimes there's, like, there's, there's too much meat left on the bone. So... We're gonna. What we're doing now is we're gonna post the entire hardcore football. If it's twenty minutes, thirty minutes, forty, whatever it is, we're gonna post that for a podcast as well on the podcast page, iHeartRadio, our show page, and that way you can download it and listen to it all. And my goodness, do we have a lot to talk about today with the first edition of Hardcore Football? Hugh, how are you, my friend? Good to be with you, Ian. It's this was under better <laughs> circumstances with. Uh... Uh, not, I guess not just the Seahawks, but the Mariners. So it was kind of a yucky weekend. It was a uh, yucky for weekend. Pro teams. Yeah, for the yeah. pro teams, for sure. The both colleges won, but yeah, the pro teams uh, not good. Uh, and uh, listen, the 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 we talked about it in the roundtable on Thursday with you and and Chuck and myself and and Greg Bell. Uh, this was not a game you could take an L in, and they took an L in. Let's start first on the offensive side of the football, and and make no mistake, there's a lot of blame to go around. I'm not sure if I've seen a game with Pete Carroll. Uh, coaching usually there's two or three plays there's an interception or a fumble whatever it is right there's there's some plays you can point to that are that but this felt like it was a basically a catastrophic failure on both sides of the football and if you want to include the Jason Myers miss on a field goal that came you know that would have given him a two uh, two possession lead you can include special teams as well but let's start on the on the offensive side and I'm going to start first with Geno Smith and I'm going to give you the blank canvas and we'll walk through it I thought he just looked not just bad statistically. To me, he looked he just looked out of it, man. It just it it was strange. And I know that, you know, there were some pressures that came, but it sure felt like he just wasn't comfortable and just didn't look good, Hugh. What did you see from Hugh? From yeah, him? I don't think he looked comfortable at all. I thought that he uh looked hesitant. Um I th I think that his uh, understanding of what's open 
I think he was a little too cautious. I think there was times where he had opportunities to rip the ball down the field. Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, he was open on crossing routes down by the goal line and on the uh, third and four when uh, when Gino threw the go route up the sideline. So that there was times there where you say, hey, you've, you've got something here, let it rip. And, and I started watching the the All-22 tape at 5 a.m. this morning and, and uh, watched Gino for a good bit and then put on Stafford and, and watched all of his in, in entirety. And, and it just, you know, real stark contrast between just the mindset of Stafford, like, okay, I'm going to be aggressive and be anticipatory and, and knife the ball into the middle of the field. And, and Gino just didn't have that. And to underscore that point, Ian, uh, last year in the 2022 season, there were, 443 quarterback starts where the quarterback uh, had 25 attempts or more in the game. And the uh, to j- have just 112 yards passing mm. would rank 440th out of 443, right? So you're literally, you know, not, not only bottom 1% in terms of your yield in that regard, but you're like, you, you know, two-thirds of a uh, – of a, of one percent, and so that they just had nothing going. And 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 one more stat at you, where Seattle wants to be a play action base, go get chunk yards. They had five play action passes in the game. Gino, this is the air yards. This is the attempt down the field. Um, and and this is tracked by the NFL, not me. Minus three, minus one, zero, zero, and minus two. Now that's the staple of their. Offense is to go on first and 10 when you're running the ball decent to go play action and go try and get some chunks. And, you know, that stat obviously there wasn't an attempt past the line of scrimmage in their, uh, in their play action. So it just, it was not a Geno Smith or Seahawk kind of day whatsoever. Okay. And, and this is hardcore football. So, you know, I know you probably have a player two that you want to hit or just in general. I'll, I'll just, again, I'll tee it up with, with Geno. You know, we saw a really effective Geno Smith first half of the year. Second half of the year, not so much. And there's so many turnover-worthy plays he didn't even get penalized on. Uh, I, when you're watching him, if you were coaching Geno Smith today, if you're in the film room and you got the little the little pointer up there on the video, what are you pointing at, Hugh? What are you pointing at besides the fact that they didn't even make those attempts and they were maybe, it feels like you're telling me, conservative? Well, first drive, I, I I've have the minus here. I have uh, seven minuses. For him, um, a a over route again to Jackson Smith and Jigba on the first drive, and he, it was in zone coverage when he started on the left side on the slot, and Gino can hit him right off the break, or he can wait for there was what's called a hook zone defender, a, a shallow middle defender, or he can wait and let him clear. He, he had two shots at that, and and he didn't take them. Um, then there was. Uh, uh, the a, a slot go to Tyler Lockett, where going to the opening end, where uh, they had a switch release. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And number 51 is Chase and Tyler Lockett. I don't know what his name is. He's clearly a linebacker. And with anticipatory throw, that you know, just, hey, knife that thing uh, right up the sideline. Uh, and that would have been a touchdown pass. Um, he had another time where, where uh, the, uh, early in the third quarter they go play action. They're trying to get the uh, clear out with DK and Tyler Lockett on an intermediate out route uh, or a crossing route rather, and it wasn't there. But he just he dirted the ball there to Cody Parkinson. If you remember that one, mm-hmm. uh, in front there was a a play further in the fourth quarter where. What's called Z spot. It's a, a concept called Z spot. Some people call it snag, but you got Tyler Lockett just running a slant stop, like five six yards in front of him. Now he he got tripped up early, uh, uh, right at the snap of the ball, fell down, but then got up. And Gino's looking right at him, and I think that just the fact that he had fallen down kind of spooked him off the route, and he didn't throw it to him, and ended up getting a a a, a throwaway. Um, he had another one. Uh, we talked about the third and four where he had Jackson Smith and Jigba on a uh, a crossing route against man coverage, and he threw the go route up the sideline. If you take the go route up the sideline, usually the only time you'd want to do that on third and four is you take a quick peek and you, and you see if DK gets a, a clean release right, right off the jump. I remember that play. Yeah, I remember that play specifically. I looked at Curtis and I said, what the hell are they doing here? Yeah, and... and uh, and he didn't have the clean – the corner was off. Usually you'd say, okay, if it's press coverage and he beats him right off the bat, then I'm going to I'm gonna get it out of my hand early, low trajectory, and, and just feed him the ball because it's third and four. But I got to like – it's got to be bright green. Right. And the corner was off, and, and he wasn't going to clear him, and then he threw it out of bounds. Um, you know, that's a never-in-history ball, right? With never in the history of football – have you ever had a completion with the ball thrown out of bounds? And in fact, he had another uh, uh, go route to Tyler that w- had been out of bounds. So that would be a minus. I got I got um, two more here. Um, he had a little a little slant to DK with a a smoke eye candy. A smoke is just a a a pause at the line of scrimmage by Jackson Smith and Jigbo. The whole idea is to get the the defense thinking that it, he's going to throw the smoke, but there's a slant in there and. The window that Gino turned down on that slant was a much bigger wind, window that than Stafford hit on his slants at least a couple of times in that game, and and so if I was coaching him, I'd say, look, be anticipatory. It's coming into that window. It's not the biggest window you've ever seen in your life, but we still have to operate in this zone, in this yellow zone. Right, where, where green would be bright green, it's just wide open. Red is is if you throw it, there's a better chance you're going to throw an interception uh, than you are to get a completion. But yellow is in between. It's like there's a chance with really quality quarterbacking to get a completion. It was only a slant route. It wasn't like it was deep down the field. But he he turned that down, and then um, and then uh, on a, uh, a slant that there was a kind of you could say DK. Dropped it, um, but there, it was kind of contested on a slant route. It was uh, what, what's called double lion, where that's all slants. Uh, he was throwing to his left on a third down there, and uh, 
you look at his footwork and he's just late throwing the ball. He's not, you know, it's like he wanted to see something really wide open before he threw it. Well, once he was late, then that caused the uh, what's called the overhang defender. That's the guy over the slot to come back and get into the window, and that influenced the uh, the, the potential catch there for, by DK Metcalf. But it's it, from a quarterbacking standpoint, um, you say, okay, it's an accurate throw. Uh, maybe DK could have. Uh, should have caught it. Um, the defender's right there to strip on his arms. But if you throw it earlier, you got a much higher chance of getting that slant. So, uh, all right. So there you go. Hugh Millen, hardcore football. And listen again. What we're doing? We're 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 going to go a full 30, 40, 45 minutes every week with Hugh that you can listen to in its entirety, uninterrupted on our podcast. We'll come back. We'll touch in a little bit on the defense and tell you what you might have missed or what you can hear, including Hugh's thoughts. On the concern level for Geno Smith, a little deeper thoughts on that as well. Coming up next, 93.3 KJRFM. All right, hardcore football continues. Hugh Millen, I asked you his thoughts. What concerned him more of the Seahawks defense? The lack of pass rush up front or the secondary play? Well, you're going to hate my answer, but it's it's hard to to uh, prioritize those because I think there's such a synergy in pass defense. That, you, I don't that, hate your answer. I knew you were going to answer that way. I tee it up for you, buddy. We've been doing this for a long time. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I, I just think they were both, they were both so disappointing. Um, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a play, um, that first touchdown drive by the Rams, there's a penalty and they get to set, remember second and 17 mm-hmm. when Stafford threw the ball out there to, uh, to Nakua in the flat over by the Ram sideline. Yes, sir. Um, so that was Kobe Bryant trying to, um, he's the conflict defender in what's called an RPO. So what Matthew Stafford is doing is he's, they're running the ball. Uh, I believe the play was inside zone to the left, but they're running to left and he's, he's looking at, the slot receiver, which is Nakua, and the guy who's supposed to be over the top of him, over the slot, is Kobe Bryant. Now, okay. Kobe is down in close in, into the core of the formation, so Stafford's saying, oh, you're not going to cover Nakua in the slot, then I'll throw it out there. So now um, the RPO, what that means is, I mean, it's it's crazy how you watch TV and play-by-play guys, professional network play-by-play guys, they talk and they don't know what RPO is. They say RPO and it's clear by what they say that it's, that they don't know. RPO does not have to be run with an athletic quarterback. Eli Manning, age 38, can run RPOs because what it stands for is I'm going to, I'm, the offensive line is blocking run. Mm-hmm. The running back is running his, his aiming point on the run. The quarterback post snap determines whether he's going to hand it off to the running back. Just like the blocked run, or if he's going to pull the ball and throw generally a quick pass right. without pass protection, right? It has nothing to do with the quarterback running. But you see over and over, no, you, a quarterback will run the ball, and a, and, and a network guy will go, "Oh, on the RPO." No, no, that's a read zone, or and that, and that could be a gap scheme too, which is power and counter. But, but the point is, that's just a read capacity. It's not an RPO. Anyways, getting back to the play I was talking about. Uh, now he, Stafford goes RPO and he hits a little out route to Puka Nakua. Right. But now you have Trey Brown out there, the corner in cloud coverage, which means the corner in the, in the flat. 
and he misses the tackle. He's right there to just stuff him for like a two-yard gain. Yep. And he misses the tackle, and Nakua runs down to the one-yard line, and then they punch it in the end zone. Like, that's that's bad football. And, um, and by the way, um, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, dove for the ball. If you dive for the ball to try and knock it down, you better knock it down. Right. Because in the process, you are giving up the chance to make the tackle. Like so, if you're coaching Kobe Bryant on that, you say, "Say, look, if you leave your feet to bat it down, you better be right. Otherwise, be conservative. Let him catch it, and then just tackle him right there." Yeah, then it's thir- then, then it's third and fourteen, third and- <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, third and goal from the fourteen. Yeah. So, so, so Seattle combined, and and by the way, I Kobe Bryant he did not play well, and but they are asking him to do so much. We've talked on uh, hardcore football about how underneath coverage, I liken it to an infield, mm-hmm. and the deep guys, the corners, and the free safety, it's like the outfield. Right. And so there's a number of times, a number of times where Kobe Bryant was the hook zone defender, which is like shortstop or second baseman. Right. Either side. And those hook zone defenders, you ask why uh, why they, uh, Stafford completed so many over the middle, the hook zone defenders, and it's often number eight here. He just out of position. He's not reading the the uh, the uh, concepts right. But if you go back to his history, just over the last you know two seasons, he was a corner at Cincinnati. Get is a, Th- uh, a Thorpe Award winner. Then he comes to Seattle. They move him in. And he plays nickel all year. Then this year at uh, uh, all through training camp, he's playing safety. Yep. And now with the injuries, now they throw him back into to nickel. And on a lot of the schemes, they're having him play as a hook zone where he was a, a what's called a curl flat, to carry out the analogy, he was playing first or third base last year. right? This year, now they want to play him center field in training camp. But then on Sunday, he's playing shortstop and second base. So, yeah, he's out of position, but they've been asking him to do a lot. They put they. They they put him in a position not to succeed. And there you go. That's you, Mel. we got to cut it off there, but we got a ton for you. Listen, everything. About 35 minutes of hardcore football. We'll have that up on the uh, app later, the iHeartRadio app, and uh, on the pay- web page as well. You can go check it out, download it, and you'll learn more about football in those in that half hour or so than you would the rest of your lifetime. That's why it's hardcore football with you, Mel. Take a break. Come back. Mike Sandel from The Athletic joins us next. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.